Five ways to optimize your images for visual searches on Google with Bipin Padir. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Are you taking advantage of visual searches on Google? If not, you may well wish to pay attention to today's episode, where the man who has a collection of over 40 single malt whiskies at any one time. He has a comprehensive background in technical SEO and an interesting sideline in taking pictures of creepy bugs. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Bippin Padier. Hi there, David. How are you doing? Hey, Bippin. Very good, thank you. Well, you can find Bippin over at kweb.co.uk. That's K A. Web.co.uk. So, Biffin, is visual search important for every type of business? Um, a lot of businesses, I'd say. Not, maybe, perhaps not every type of business, but um, definitely the e-com business for sure. Uh, I think that's where it really kind of um, comes to light and is um, becoming prominently more and more important as time goes on. So that's kind of okay. the, fo- the focus of what I want to talk about. But yeah, I think e-com is like big for visual search right now. Quick follow-on question um, about that then. Is it important for e-com to have unique images for their products? Or will images from an RSS feed that um, a few other websites are using suffice? Um, I think you could get get away with some uh, generic images that are used elsewhere. But um, things that I'll touch upon where you can make it unique for your site in the background um, probably does need to come into play. So there are elements which where you can make a, a generic picture uh, unique for your site um, as well. So that, that you do need to have that element so that other sites don't turn up in the search results instead of yours. Sounds intriguing. Okay, so today you're sharing five ways to optimize your images for visual searches in Google. So starting off with number one, structured data. Yeah, so um, I think a, a lot of people in, in the SEO industry do know about structured data, but I, want, I wanted to emphasize how um, structured data can be used for um, helping visual search. Um, so we know that search um, structured data can be used in various markups, for example, um, recipes and videos. But then we also have product structured data as well, which is where it comes in handy for ecom. Um, and if you can, um, there are software tools to inform you if you do um, are eligible to um, show up for it, like rich snippets. For example, so uh, tools like Ahrefs and SEMrush will tell you if your um, image is eligible for a gallery, a snippet, or a carousel. Now, this this is handy in knowing that Google, for example, or any search engine knows what your image is about, um, knows the intent for your image. So once you have that in place, you know that you'll become um, better for visual search. Your image will be better known and uh, yeah known for visual search okay let's dive into that just slightly deeper because you mentioned uh, search engines um or tools on on platforms like semrush will actually say your image is relevant for a gallery a snippet a carousel uh, yes and what precisely does that mean and how is that beneficial yeah, so, so with structured data, you can um, add a, a piece of code in, into the background of your page, um, add certain information to let search engines know what that page is about and what that image is about. 
Um, now, if you become eligible for, um, let's say you have an, an ingredient or a, some kind of substance which you use for a recipe and that's added into your structured data, you will then, um, you, you can find out if that structured data has made you eligible to show up for a recipe, for example. So that would be a, a recipe-rich snippet. So then if you, if you know that, then you know that the search engine completely understands your image, completely understands your page, and therefore you, you most likely will be um, showing up for visual search as well. Understood, understood. So we're talking about different elements in the SERP here. For some reason, I was talking, I was thinking about your website as well. Um, but um, so does that mean that um, you, if, if you're potentially going to show up for a carousel, that you need to have multiple images on one page? Um, not necessarily, no. Even one one image can suffice. Um, okay. But say you wanted to um, show up for a gallery, then you probably would need multiple images. So would search engines blend your image with images from other websites for the same search um, to incorporate multiple images from different locations in the same gallery or carousel? Um, I don't think so. I think on, on your page, if you add multiple images um, and structure them with, with the code, your whole gallery will show up in that snippet. Understood. Okay. So that's underlying the importance of structured data, number one there. Number two, XML sitemaps. Yes, XML sitemaps. So um, often we use XML sitemaps to list all of our most important pages within our website. So it's easy for search engines to have one place to go to and crawl them and know exactly what your most important pages are. So you can highlight this to search engines. Um, it's equally important to do this for images as well. So you can have um, image specific folders within your XML sitemap. Um, the same rules apply. So uh, with your URLs, it's it's a good practice to have no more than 50,000 URLs per folder. Um, again, if you've got a large website with so many products, stick to that rule. Um, I would recommend um, staying well under 50,000 if you can per folder. And it's just a good way for um, search engines and crawlers to know what your most important images are on the site and to know, and you can keep that updated and you can change that over time. So it's a really good and handy way to just um, let bots know what your best images are. So are Google, if, if you include your images in an XML sitemap, are Google much more likely then to include your images within an image search or is it just, um, a general increase in confidence of um, what the images in your site are about? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think it, one is just a general best practice and allow search engines to know more about what your most important images are. Um, but in turn, along with a, a number of elements that you put together, the XML sitemap will contribute towards um, your images showing up in uh, visual searches. And number three, something that's been around for a long time, alt tags. Yeah, yeah. So alt tags, again, very kind of um, your basic SEO kind of um, feature. I, I wanted to add in as, as well file names in there. So it's, this, this one's a kind of a two-in-one, let's say. Um, but alt tags in particular um, are used to describe the image, um, more so for users who are, say, uh, visually impaired and they can use screen readers um, and then they can know more about what the image is about. But also, um, secondary to that, it helps search engines know what uh, the image is about as well. So um, tying this up with file names. So you can, an, an image file name typically can be called anything it wants, right? So we can have a picture of something and it could just be, the file name could just be like a, a bunch of numbers and letters. 
Um, so search engines do look at the file name. So if you can make it slightly descriptive, uh, my advice would be to do that as well. Uh, layering that with the alt tag as well. So if you do have a, a longer description and um, give as much information as you can about the image, um, these two things hand in hand will um, really bring about the the um, the image and let everyone know what the image is about. Okay, okay. So maybe just using an, as, as an example, if I had a, an image of Edinburgh Castle, for example, um, I wouldn't just use Edinburgh Castle as the alt tag. I would actually say um, Edinburgh Castle on a sunny day, photograph taken in 2013 as, as the alt tag. Uh, tag. W would that be too long or, or what's the optimum style of alt tag? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly something like that. So um, Edinburgh Castle in Scotland, um, you know, just in case there's, uh, just to make it very clear, um, yeah, mm -hmm. you can use the location, the weather, the angle, if there's anyone in the back, uh, in the foreground, um, you know, uh, family having a picnic in front of Edinburgh Castle, for example, something like this um, all helps um, because that kind of thing could um, tie into a very specific search, let's say. If you want, if someone's searching for uh, tourists in Edinburgh, and you have a, an alt text like that, it will it will maybe show your picture instead of a generic picture of Edinburgh Castle. Um, also, the file name you 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 might call it um, edca.jpg, which means absolutely nothing to anyone. Uh, but if you did name it Edinburgh hyphen Castle, um, that again will help. Quick follow up questions in relation to that. Um, so, can first of all, the file type, you, you mentioned JPEG there as well. Um, is, is JPEG still sufficient? Are search engines looking for WebP now or another type of file? Will they rank a certain file type higher than another file type? And then just a second add-on question. Um, you gave a great description of how someone should write an alt tag description that got me thinking that um, perhaps an SEO copywriter should be writing alt tags. Is, is that ideally what should be, be done as well? So file type and who should write the alt tags? Yes, I think alt tags um, really do need to be optimised and it should be like looked upon as something that you optimise like a page. Um, the images need to be optimized accordingly as well. It, it's such a big thing. Um, again, depending on what type of site you have, um, if you have a site with loads of just generic pictures of random things that mean nothing to what you're selling, or if you've got a lead gen site, it might not be as important, but uh, especially where you have products, where you're selling products like that, um, it really does help. And it, it, the description of the files, it's the description of the alt text uh, makes can make a massive difference to your visibility in search engine. So yeah, I'd, I'd give it equal weighting, to be honest. Um, and in terms of the first question of file type, um, yeah, interesting one. So there are slightly gray area, but um, yeah, JPEGs are still still being used and, and, they're, and they're fine. Um, better formats are coming along, like as you mentioned, J, J, uh, WebP, for example. Um, that's an example that Google gives within its um, guidelines um, to use uh, in the recent kind of, it was, it's leading on to my next point, but things like Core Web Vitals, um, the guidance for that, um, Google does reference WebP format, um, but there are, there's like a, there's a fair few that are still in use and are fine, like PNG, um, all sorts. Um, so I think WebP, the thing with WebP is that um, not all browsers fully support them at the moment, or there's that 
um, there's that issue of do all browsers support WebP, even though they are probably the preferred format technically. But um, older browsers, for example, might need to still play catch up and that might mean the image doesn't show up if you do a .webp right now. So, so that's why some people, some webmasters are reluctant to make that switch. Um, but it is the more kind of modern format, and it, I think it, in time, um, when when people are comfortable that all browsers have caught up, um, that will become the preferred format for images. And number four, image size. So, is this something that's got to be stipulated, or are you actually recommending a specific image size? Uh, not a specific one, but uh, what I was going to say is that there are tools to help you to compress and resize your images accordingly. Um, so you need to have that balance. Um, so it's going to come down to individual preference. You're going to have to, you'd, everyone wants a high quality image, uh, but then will that image load in time um, and fit the guidelines for what search engines are looking for? Because search engines don't, if they know your image is going to take a long time to load, chances are they won't show um, they won't use your image. They'll use someone else's image that loads a lot faster. And this is, again, where things like Core Web Vitals comes into play, which was, you know, it's, it's been a big thing for the last couple of years, um, especially with, say, like product images on a on an e-com site. Uh, we'll tie in again with your largest contentful paint. Um, if, if that's your image and that's the your LCP, then you, you know how to optimize. You'll have tons of information that Google gives you uh, through tools like PageSpeed Insights um, that will tell you how what um, how big that image needs to be, the size, if it's if it's following the guidelines within the thresholds, etc. Um, so yeah, I think compressing and resizing images uh, again ties into other parts of what Google's looking for as well. So it, it's kind of, it's very kind of a key key part of um, when you are looking at your images overall for your site. Yeah, if I'm um, doing an image search on Google, I would say that the average image size is probably about 1,200 pixels, probably varying from about 600 to about 1,800 pixels or so. So I guess that's a rough indication as to, 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 to what you should be aiming for if you want your images to, to appear in Google image search. Yeah, 600 pixels as a minimum, I would say, um, for sure. And yeah, and also to remember, um, a lot of these images are being viewed on mobile devices where they, they don't need to be super rich and super heavy images. Um, so if you, yeah, it's good, it's worth looking at your audience, say in, in um, Google Analytics. And if, you know, if, if the majority of your um, traffic, your visitors are coming from mobile devices, and just have a think about, um, does your image need to be so high uh, resolution or not? And number five, clear and clutter-free images. Yeah, um, slightly overlooked and maybe not talked about too much, but um, yeah, just having uh, your product um, without things in the background um, and just, just to help that kind of the AI process because the, you know Google's using a lot of algorithms and AI to determine what your image is about. Um, so the clearer your image, the less clutter you have in the background, it's all gonna help. So yeah, um, have it clutter-free, um, have a light background if possible try and separate your image, your your main um, feature of your image um, from the background. And a, a good a good example I use is um, if you take a, a photo of someone now, uh, of a friend, let's say, um, you can often use portrait mode. And portrait mode, what that does is blur out the background and it separates the, the person you're taking a picture of from, from the background. And that, things like that will really help the, um, the AI uh, because it, that, is already separating the background from the foreground. So things like that will help outline 
the edges of your product. So if you can, I'd, I'd suggest that, you know, use techniques like this to, to have your crisp and clear images. Lovely tips there. Well, let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Yep. So, so the one I've picked and uh, it's been really, um, it's had great effect for us is writing content briefs. So whether our um, content writers are in-house or we use external writers, we dedicate a lot of time. Well, in the beginning, it's a lot of time, but um, what we do is create very precise content briefs for our writers and include lots of information for them to help them in that in the journey of creating that long long form content. Let's say so we'll have things like we'll do the keyword research, adding competitors, the internal links, the external links that we'd like to have, the headings, the subheadings. Um, now all that sounds like a lot, but over time, once you have your kind of templates for various types of content, um, it becomes it becomes super quick, and that saves so much time in back and forth, um, coming back with multiple revisions. It cuts a lot lot of that out. So, um, top tip is spend good time on writing your content briefs. Wonderful, and that sounds like um, a superb future episode X essential elements to include in a content brief for your SEO content writer, maybe a future episode. But for this one, I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Bippin over at kweb.co.uk. Bippin, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. <laughs>